0: Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast inspired by the Puritan practice of godly conference, or spiritual conversations among believers. These spiritual conversations offer practical spiritual help for Christian living. Welcome to Ordinary Fellowship. I'm Jeremy Lee, and with me is my infamous sidekick, Matthew (laughs) McLaughlin. So I've risen to infamous level. Okay, I can (laughs) live with that. (laughs) We've We've read the reports, Matthew. We now know. Okay. Well, we're we're glad you're with us. We're glad you're listening to Ordinary Fellowship. We hope that it's uh, edifying to you and encouraging in your walk with Christ. If it is, we encourage you to like our podcast and rate our podcast on whatever service you listen to us on. I understand. I don't. I hear it on other podcasts that that will help us uh, be more widely known will be moved up in the searches or something like that so help us out um and if if you enjoy an episode or many episodes share them with your friends and family so we can uh corrupt other minds <laughs> Ma- matthew's in charge of the corruption i i keep i keep everything
1: i try to keep you from being corrupted by matthew so i get a new title of cheap corruption officer <laughs> okay yes that's you <laughs> so we're just add it to the
0: list we're happy to have uh pastor seth miller back with us today uh, yes. we, on our last episode we discussed heaven we tried to if you didn't listen you need to listen to that episode before today but seth and i were friends from bible college we've talked kept in touch throughout the years seth what year was it you were diagnosed with cancer it was 2014 so 2000, two, Yes. In 2014, uh, Seth was diagnosed with cancer. This led him to do a lot of thinking about heaven, mm-hmm. and so um, he wanted to talk about heaven. And we're happy to talk about it. It's a it's a beautiful subject. Yeah, um, and every it's something that all saints should long for, mm-hmm. and all those who aren't saints should motivate them to by the grace of God. Follow Christ and uh, right. become a saint, so that <laughs> that will be their eternal home. We've talked a lot about you know a broad overview of eschatology today. We want to talk about what heaven's going to be like more. The question we'll start with is, it it really is three questions, but I tried to put them all into one because they're similar, and and I'll just read what I originally sent to uh, to Seth. What will it mean to see God for him to dwell among us and to worship with him? Yeah,
2: that was one. When I read that, I was like, oh, that is that is tough. That is tough. Um, definitely, I believe it's what, Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, where Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Revelation 22 speaks of the saints seeing God. And so I really thought about that because we we know under normal circumstances, God lives in unapproachable light. No one has seen him and live. And and we also see in the Bible, God takes steps to at least be able to dwell among his people in some limited fashion. He took steps to live with Adam and Eve. The tabernacle was representative of that. The temple was representative of that. Jesus the Christ was certainly a great full revelation of God the Father. But even then, we beheld his glory to a certain degree, because in his high priestly prayer, he does ask his Father to restore to him the great glory that he once had with him. And so I have no problem saying that, Once the perfection of the new heaven and earth has arrived and we have been resurrected, I take those passages of seeing God's glory at face value. I think there will be a day where we will, in fact, see God. And I understand also seeing God in terms of receiving fuller revelation. And so we and I guess when you and I, Jeremy, we get into heaven and we've been there 10,000 years we will be able to say we have seen God, we have experienced God, and we will continue to do so for all eternity because we will never arrive at a point in which we have seen God in full comprehension. And and so I think when we talk about seeing God, it's not, I I don't think we're going to look upon his face and go, well, God had blue eyes this whole time. (laughs) I, I think it's more or less talking about understanding his nature more so and now we're in a position in the new heaven new earth that we are able to see him without restraint that we'll be able to see him and learn more and more about him and of course being of being an infinite being infinite in his existence infinite in his person, you know, will never exhaust God. It, it, he will always be infinitely glory, glorious. And so uh, the conditions one must meet in order to see God, of course, is to have a pure heart that has been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that's what I think. I think it's more or less just being in a position where we have the ability to receive revelation about who God is without restraint, and there is no end to it. We will see, quote unquote, see God. But like I said, I don't think it's going to be like, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but both both, all of us know what we mean when we say this old man with a long beard, long hair. I, I don't think that's what it means when we see God. Now, now, let me say this. I do think we'll see a very physical resurrected Jesus, yeah. right? I, I do think that we'll be able to touch him, embrace him. Uh, kiss him, um, adore him. And I think he'll he'll have meals with us. And so I'm just a little confused about uh, how we will see the triune God, where uh, I, I believe that Jesus Christ, of course, is the image of the invisible God. And so it might be one of those where we feel the presence of all three persons. We feel them perfectly without the curse. But the physical manifestation of the triune God is Christ himself. And so, um, you know, I I think that's just a a hard question to answer. You know, who will we see when we get to heaven?
0: One of the things you're pointing out is the difficulty with the word see, you know. Yes. Because God is invisible. God doesn't turn visible when we get to heaven. Um, We can't see the invisible because (laughs) so... I think you're right that it's more a perception of knowing him in greater and greater depth, more than we could possibly ever know in this lifetime. I think that's right because the only physical representation of God is Christ. You're right. So that's who I think we
2: will see,
0: like literally
2: see while we experience the totality of the triune God in Jesus even the promise of the indwelling of the Holy spirit is for eternity. Right. I, I don't see that being removed just because we die. I believe that he will still be indwelling us in the new heaven and new mm-hmm. earth. And we'll always feel his presence without the curse uh, being in the way. So I do believe that we'll see a physical Jesus that he will be right. the God whereas the other persons of the Trinity um, I, I'm like you, I'm not convinced to say that, oh, there's three people, you know, that we're observing. Right, right, right. And, and so uh, I think it's now, all, of,
0: I think it's more about Revelation. Now, John in Revelation in chapters four and five saw a representation of God as a, yes. a light on a throne. And then mm-hmm. the spirit was the, was yes. the lampstand. So, I, you know, some of this is just, I, we don't know.
2: It's hard. <laughs> Revelation is tricky, you know. Apocalyptic language, you know. He saw Jesus as a lamb, uh, torn then apart. Then a lion. <laughs> yeah, and and so I'm not. I, I don't think we'll. I mean, here's the I don't
0: know part. Right? <laughs> yeah, Some of that's we, we know. We do know very little about this. <laughs> I, I think the important thing, though, is we can say for sure that we'll see Christ. Yes, the Bible is pretty clear about that we will definitely see Christ. Christ is still in his resurrected body that he right. ascended into heaven with. He's coming back in that body. No doubt we'll see him. Yeah. He, he is now forever, now and forever, the God-man. So we can That's say right. that with certainty. Yes. And yeah, I think the other thing we can say with certainty is that we will spend forever coming to know God in yeah. greater depth and never reaching the bottom because we're finite and he's infinite. And I don't think that's a
2: hard to imagine to do. You know, I've been married to my wife for 19 years and I I still feel like I know nothing about her. (laughs) I'm still (laughs) about her. And I don't think I'll ever perfectly know Janie. And so, and of course, Janie's a finite creature Mm -hmm. and, and so if I could say that about a finite creature that I don't think, even if I had, you know, three lifetimes with her, I still don't think I would learn everything. When we're talking about God, uh, we'll never reach. And, and that to me is amazing because I will be forever a theologian. And that just, yep. you know, uh, I just will continue to learn. And there will be, like I said, a day where you and I look at each other and say, well, God's just blowing us away again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think it's amazing. I'm looking forward to it. Any thoughts about what it's going to be like to, for him to dwell among us to, and to worship him? I think the picture that we see in scripture is when Solomon builds the temple, right? Mm-hmm. This is the height of Israel's kingdom. Gold mm-hmm. and silver, so plentiful that it's not even worth anything anymore. Right. And then they, they build this temple that can't contain God. And, and God comes and, and he dwells with them. That golden era doesn't last very long. Right. But it's a glorious time in Israel's history. I think that, that speaks to something like what what we'll see yes. in the new heaven and new earth. And, and that's
2: hard to answer because... The most that human beings had to have experienced that at all was Christ being present on earth. That wherever he went, there was the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when the kingdom of God moves on the face of the earth? Well, the blind see, the lame walk, demons are cast out. And, And so we certainly know to have the presence of God is to have the removal of the curse to have the removal of any impurities, whether that's physical impurities or even personal, you know, persons who are impurities that the that the, the hateful, that the warmongering, they have no uh, invitation to be in the presence of God. And so as far as trying to describe his glory, I don't know. That's just a magnificent thing. And so all I can say, if we want to know what it's like to have the kingdom of God be among men. The best example we have is scripture is Jesus Christ, the King walking around spreading the kingdom of God among fallen men. And even that was a glorious thing to comprehend. And that that's just a little, that's just a little taste. That's just the appetizer to wet our appetites and get us eager. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's hard to imagine this because we don't know it. We don't know of a world without war, disease, sin, and strife. And so uh, that's, again, another question. I know what it is, the hunger for it. I know the desire for it. And that's what we all do. Even unbelievers, when they sit there, say, well, we're trying to make the world a better place as compared to what, (laughs) what's this that you are driving towards. So even unbelievers are longing for heaven. They just keep calling it a better place. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I don't know. It's just when God finally comes to earth and makes all things new, it's just um, it's just finally, it's just going to feel like the home I've
0: always wanted is what it's going to yeah. be. I, that's a, I think that's a good analogy and it's been very helpful to me because, you know, you we've all been on uh, long trips before and, and even mm-hmm. away from family and we come home and it, it's just so nice to be there. And yeah. it, it, it's it's the place where you can relax and be yourself and unwind. And it just fills your heart with joy to be there, especially yeah. after you've been gone for a while. Yeah. And, and, and I think this is I think that it
2: also explains our fascination with fantasy and superheroes. It, it just seems like we don't we look at the world as it is and we, we don't want it this way. And so we write about these other worlds that we just, oh, if only I could live in Narnia, if only I could live in Middle Earth, or if only we could have (laughs) some type of superhero who could save us all. I mean, all of this is just image bearers unaware that they're longing for a a perfect leader to take them to a perfect country. And the best that they can do with that is just create fantasy and dream about it. Whereas we as Christians are come along saying, this is not pure fantasy. Uh, What you're longing for can be satisfied in the king. The the perfect captain you've always wanted for is Jesus, who will take you to this land that you've always desired. But people, they put their stock in fantasy. They put their their stock in uh, politicians' And say things like you be our leader, and oh my goodness, I can't believe that you failed us. Well, <laughs> well, of
0: course they're gonna fail us. They're 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 fallen human beings like the rest of us, so yeah. I'm sure you've heard this before, but people will say something, and even even people who are Christians will hear about heaven and think if if all we're doing is worshiping God, that's not really gonna be fun. Um <laughs> now. Without trying to correct what I think is a bad attitude, right? Yeah, <laughs> and maybe, sure. maybe the reason they feel like that is because the worship of their church is boring or <laughs> dull. Right. Uh, what, whatever. Will we be doing anything besides worshiping? Is what's, or another way of saying is, what are we going to be doing there in heaven? Sure, and I think you would
2: agree with me on this. Life is worship right? I think you and I agree that we don't compartmentalize our lives, that this is the time I worship, and this is the time I'm a father, or this is the time I work. Every moment is sacred. And so I think having the same rule applies. I think there'll be moments where we gather to worship. I do. I, I don't think you can read Revelation without seeing people congregate together and singing and rejoicing. But I also think, that the Bible teaches we're going to co-reign with Christ. This is something a lot of people struggle with, uh, that we'll be sitting in the heavenly dwelling places with Christ, that we will have authority over angels even, and even going back what we talked about in the last episode, that I think we're going to finally fulfill the mandate to exercise dominion over the earth. And so part of our worship will be fulfilling those tasks that King Jesus appoint us. That when we go through our ordinary walks of life, as much as ordinary as uh, heaven can be. But as we go out through our typical heavenly day, all of that's worship, whatever the task is that he gives us. And so, um, no, I don't think heaven's just going to be a super long worship service at a church. I think there will be some of that. But I also think that King Jesus will approach me and say, Seth, I want you to worship me by fill in the blank. He gives me something to do, something that he wants me as a king in his heavenly kingdom to oversee, to govern, to be in charge of. I think there will be tasks that we have to do.
0: I honestly, you know, I've told people before that even if heaven is a a worship service the entire time, and I, but I think you're right that there's more that we'll be doing than just a gathering to worship Right. In a formal way. But even if it is, I mean, just think of the best time you've ever had at church and then have a church picnic afterwards. And yeah. The best one that you could ever imagine is going to be a small taste of what it's going to be like forever in heaven. And and honestly, our worship services, the intent is to be a small foretaste of that. Um, yeah. It, sadly, though, not everybody experiences that in their church for a variety of reasons. Right. But it'll be great to sit around and talk with you and Matthew forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yes. And if you I, annoy me, I'll go talk to somebody else.
2: <laughs> so, so the way I would do it in almost like a three-point sermon is we worship Jesus in gatherings. We worship Jesus in our tasks. And we worship Jesus in our community. And you know, when communities get together, what do we do? Feast, we dance. Talk. You know, We don't dance. <laughs> <laughs> but you can dance if you want to. You can leave. <laughs> but, um, you know, I even told someone I wrapped up the book of Habakkuk and I almost wept. Because, you know, going through a book, you get really attached to the author and what he's talking about. And, and I said to him, but I look forward to talking with Habakkuk and see if I truly captured his heart. Yeah. So that's but, one thing I look forward to as well, is to be with all these people. Or even when I meet someone I love and they say something like, oh, you would have loved my father. He was such a godly man. Well, I look forward to seeing him. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's just community. And you can't avoid community in heaven. It's just how it's going to be. Um, part of it will be we have... Um, feasts, fest, you know, uh, festivals, um, arts, and things like that. I just I just don't see how earth is going to be more exciting than the new heaven and new earth.
0: Right, right. That's again, an, that is an excellent point.
2: Yeah. And so uh, if, again, we see that the earth is created, recreated, and what that means is all the elements that are present in six-day creation in Genesis... How hard would it be for a resurrected being walk over to a coffee tree, gather some beans, grind it up, put it in, and pour some hot water over it, and make some coffee? And and then when you say that out loud, someone comes along and says, "Well, you think coffee is going to be allowed in heaven?" I'm like, "Well, good grief! <laughs> you know why wouldn't in, it? Why wouldn't it? You know and." <laughs> See, I, and, I,
0: I'm, I'm more provocative than you. I ask, can I smoke cigars with Charles Spurgeon and drink a beer for, with J.R.R. Tolkien?
2: I, I go for it.
0: <laughs> I think that's fine. But
2: we did, and Corn rightly points this out, that we tend to think that uh, Earth is better somehow than heaven. And I think he's right to say that all the good, wonderful qualities about Earth are, in fact, borrowed from heaven not vice versa. You know, and that's what a lot of people think that when we get to heaven, that God has to borrow ideas from us as if we are the ones who came up with fun of a roller coaster. And so that's where I got, I get in trouble. Now I'm not saying necessarily there's going to be roller coasters in heaven, but I just, I just don't see theologically speaking, biblically speaking, why such a thing would be impossible. Why right. such a, impossible that we have to forever say goodbye to roller coasters because we're going to heaven you know (laughs) it's just it's a weird way to look at things and so i think every good and perfect gift is from above i think that would include any inspirational idea that we had that brought happiness true happiness to human beings uh again i think that's just god's common grace um or uh a believer writing beautiful music. I reject the notion that somehow we have to uh, forfeit beautiful things that existed during our time on earth to go sit on a park bench and go, well, what do I do now? You know, um, I I just don't. I think we're going to build the most beautiful cities. I think we're going to build some of the most beautiful parks. Uh, The best song has yet to have been written. I, I don't, I just, I think we're going to continue. We're going to accomplish what God desired for man without the curse. And that it is to rule and reign over his earth. And um,
0: that doesn't just look like sitting all day. I know of no King who does that. No. Right. And it, and I think part of the problem is that we've got this idea that heaven is completely spiritual and that there's no material out No materiality. I mean, if you don't believe in the resurrection of the body, then you're going to be spirit beings all throughout eternity, right? Mm -hmm. And so part of the resistance that you're going to feel to drinking coffee and roller coasters is those are material things. Right. And we think of heaven as being immaterial and ethereal. And so, but again, if if you embrace the idea that the bot we are going to be physical beings. in a -hmm. a body that's transformed and made immortal then some of that some of those arguments and resistance go away and Alcorn did a good job of saying
2: he asked the question if the new heaven and new earth is not physical please explain to me what a non-physical earth is (laughs) (laughs)
0: like someone saying a non-physical body what's a spiritual body
2: what 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 does that look like and then it That's the equivalent of saying that water looks pretty dry. (laughs) But by by nature, water is not dry. And by nature, by definition, earth is physical. What could be more physical than that? But for whatever reason, we say it's a spiritual earth. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? And, And so people just kind of flippantly throw things without any thought. And the only example we have of an earth is right in front of us. But for whatever reason, when we die, all of that's supposed to be completely reversed. That makes no sense. And there is no biblical precedence for that. The Bible teaches a continuity. It does. It teaches continuity. Um, People are like, what am I going to look like? You're going to look like you. You know, you're going to look like you. And of course, there's going to be adjustments. You know, anything like uh, that scar on my head, I I believe that's going to be gone. I do believe that the pains of my body that come with the surgeries and radiation will be gone. If not, I'm okay. But
0: uh, and, and your I, beard will be glorious. Yes, it would be. A- <laughs> <laughs> and no more slipping and messing mine up. So I have to trim it all off. <laughs> right oh is that what happened yes <laughs>
2: i remembered it. it was getting out there so yeah <laughs> but I, I did i preached a sermon and i used this type of language that i'm using now and that i was reprimanded by a pastor and he even came up to me and says well when i got back from my vacation i preached in his stead while he was gone he like, imagine my surprise i came back and everybody was excited about going to heaven <laughs> <laughs> i kid you not uh, and i was sitting there, i was like so what's the problem and he said, well, you're trying to make heaven sound like it's an amusement park. And I told him, I was like, I'm was like, i doing heaven a disservice by comparing it to an amusement park. Not because heaven's going to be less boring than that, but it's going to be greater than. Right. And so you cannot oversell heaven <laughs> when you're talking about, you can't sit there. Well, it's not going to be that fun. <laughs> What's going to be more fun? You know, it's not going to be as fun as a movie. And this is why and, and this is why young people walk around saying things like, "Well, I hope Jesus doesn't come back before I lose my virginity. That's why they say things like that. Or yeah. I, I, I hope Jesus doesn't come back before they finish all the Star Wars movies. You're kidding or, me.
0: Or some of us are saying, please Jesus, come back before they make another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Right.
2: But I think it was Lewis, right, who said that we're like children who are content making mud pies at the beach. Or no, uh, we're content making mud pies in the, in the puddles because we can't fathom a holiday at the beach. Right, We're easily satisfied. And so that's why young people sit around and say, well, I hope Jesus doesn't come back any soon before I'm able to have sex. As if sex is more exciting than heaven. We have understudents. <laughs> And, and that's why people uh, I, sometimes, you know, I hear people say things like, well, we need to get back to fire and brimstone preaching so that we can scare the hell out of people. And I think there's a time and place for that. But I also think it's worth, worthwhile to draw people in with the beauty of Christ in his new heaven, and new earth. Draw them. Right. Y- you can scare people about. Starving to death, or you can create a meal that's so scrumptious and smelling good that they'll come to the table. I think both have their place, but
0: I think what we have neglected is the beauty of heaven. Okay, so this you're dovetailing a lot of what you've been saying dovetails into the last question, which we have maybe five minutes for. How will a future heaven help us today? Obviously, what you've been saying is. The beauty and the, and the joy and the glory of it is very attractive, it makes yes. us long for that. We know that there's a better day. All of those things are helpful. Any other, and I. this is where Matthew's better than me, but um, any other ideas of how this will help, how a future heaven helps us today?
2: Yes. Well, I'll go back to my sickness, uh, and i say this with... Great sincerity. I know it sounds like a lie, but I was at the point I was resolved to die and I was eager to meet Jesus. And when I was told I was not going to die, it took a great deal of adjustment to know that my reunion with Christ was going to be delayed. And so I think the promise of heaven. Can help us through days like that, through struggles, knowing that there will be a day. And in my case, when I read Revelation, when it says the sun can no longer burn them, I'm like, hey, (laughs) praise Uh, the Lord. Praise the Lord.
0: You won't have to wear beanie hats outside anymore.
2: And I do every time I go walking. Yeah, I know
0: you cover everything. And then, you know, also
2: just a, a, I think it instills boldness to turn us to men and women for God. You can do what you want to me. Oh, what's the what was it that I forgot who said it? Uh, but they said something like uh, the worst thing they the worst thing they can do is threaten you with an early retirement. I don't know who. <laughs> it, it, it resonates with me that they can't do anything to you. And pastors need to hear that you don't need to be afraid of the kitchen committee because that little lady is wagging her finger in your face. Or in more severe cases, you can have boldness, even if the government comes and wants to take everything away from you. Your inheritance in Christ is protected by the spirit of God, and no one can take that from you. And so it's a remarkable thing. And so it results in happiness. It results in joy. He he turns your sorrow into joy. He can give you boldness like you would not believe because, you know, it's just and, and just hope. You know, when you look at the bad news, you just you just know that this is temporary, you know, that there's a, a home. And I, I like what Lewis said, that maybe the reason why you feel so out of place in this world is because you were deep down designed for another world. I paraphrased him, but I think right. he's right. I think that's a, an astute observation. And so it, it just compels me. I, I love to think about heaven. Sometimes in my prayers, I ask God to grant me heavenly visions and to come down upon me and let me have sweet dreams about it, you know, but there are moments and times where I feel like heaven has, you know, well, what's the song? Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Uh, that happens. That happens. I believe there is an overlap that if you um, pursue God with a pure heart, you shall see God and you can experience him now. I think you can experience him now. And I'm glad.
1: you to have
0: that. any thoughts to add, Matthew?
1: Just to jump on what Seth was saying, I think I think it was Keller. Though this world is full of problems, for a Christian, this is as bad as it did. That's right. And I don't think we understand what that sentence actually means. We because we sanitize heaven into either this boring thing that we have to do for the rest of time, or back to the chubby little flying on the um, <laughs> clouds we don't get that this really is not horrid compared to what eternity will bring if we're a believer yes. and I think that is so encu- should be encouraging for us to continue in our walk to strive to push to become conformed with the image of the sun because we know what the end result Is right,
0: and and so to close, Amen. As as much as we've talked about the beauty and the glory of heaven, hell is more terrible and frightening than you can even imagine. It's worse than what is described in Scripture. There's metaphors because the terror, the terror is so terrible that we can't fathom it without using the metaphors. Now's the day to repent. Now's the day Mm -hmm. to find. The grace of God in Christ. Now's the day to receive Christ and that assurance that beautiful, glorious place we've been discussing will be your home forever. Amen. And don't don't wait <laughs> till tomorrow because it's not promised. Yeah. You don't trust Christ today. Yeah, and experience
2: heaven to a degree today. Uh, I think it's that's just what happiness is. I think that is. I think that's what happiness is, is when God just intervenes in your life in a wonderful way where you get to experience his presence. And
0: that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. All right, Matthew, you want to close this up?
1: We want to thank Pastor Seth Miller for joining us today. But we leave you with this thought. May we live in light of the future reality of heaven in the present and allow it to affect every action of our days. We thank you for making the decision to listen to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, a podcast ministry of Two Rivers Community Church. For more information about Two Rivers, you can find it on our website at www.tworiverscc.org. We look forward to questions, comments, and even dreaded hate mail at ordinaryfellowship at gmail.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ordinary Fellowship and like, subscribe, and rate this podcast on whatever service you listen to us on. But once again, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, where we'll strive to have spiritual conversations for practical Christian living. We want to thank Pastor Seth Miller for joining us today. But we leave you with this thought. May we live in light of the future reality of heaven in the present and allow it to affect every action of our days.